Hello out there in podcast land and welcome back to Spoilers, your bad movie review show on the Rat Pack Podcast Network, where you also have lots of opinions but zero credentials. Each week we watch a movie, usually a bad one, we crack a couple jokes, we give your insight into the film, and we play a couple games at the end. I'm your host, Adam. I am joined by the maestro. Hello, everybody. And by Cowboy. This is a close-up. I swear to God, very soon I'm going to start airing these videos live <laughs> so that everybody can see how hard you make my life. The two of you. That's uh, not the first time you said I made your life hard. <laughs> <laughs> this week, a movie got released called Raya and the Last Dragon. It's about a realm known as Kumandra, a reimagined earth inhabited by an ancient civilization. A warrior named Raya is determined to find the last dragon. So this week we're watching a movie similar to that in another realm in which dragons... Are all over the place. Oh, really? I thought we were watching The Last Dragon. No. No, no, Leroy. No, no. <laughs> this is the land where dragons are killed by Vikings. <laughs> it's 2010's How to Train Your Dragon. <laughs> I should have mentioned also, Rhea and the Last Dragon is an animated film, as is this one. So, let's get into it. This is directed by Dean Deboy. Deploy, uh, Chris Sanders. It stars. You all right with there, man? <laughs> Sorry, I got oh, the hiccups. You got a hiccup. I get it. Very good. <laughs> it stars Dave Burchell, who plays Hiccup, uh, Gerard Butler, who plays his dad, Craig, Fers- Craig Ferguson, late night talk show host, which is the weapons master, and also Dragon Trainer, Dr- Dragon Fighter Trainer? Yeah. Uh, America Ferrera. Uh, Jonah Hill, Christopher Mintz-Plass, which you may know as McLovin, uh, TJ Miller, and Kristen Wiig. TJ Miller, yes, that is the weasel from Deadpool. Here's a synopsis, and then we'll get into our thoughts of the movie. A hapless young Viking who aspires to hunt dragons becomes the unlikely friend of a young dragon himself and learns there may be more to the creatures than he assumed. Uh, this is probably a dumb question, but have you guys seen this movie before? Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's one of my favorites. <laughs> this is an unusual movie for spoilers because, like I said at the top of the show, we usually do very bad movies. Uh, Lies. All the movies I choose are good ones. Um, I'm sure you think that. The rest of us who have ears and eyes disagree. <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs> So this is a good movie. I, I think that's a fair thing to say. There's, you can't call this bad by any stretch of the imagination. No. So uh, there's obviously a lot to talk about for this movie. What, what's the first thing that pops in your mind when referencing How to Train Your Dragon? Did you know that this is based upon a children's book? I didn't know that before preparing for the podcast, but now I do. <laughs> oh. Um, one of the, you know, everybody talks about how Bambi made them cry and stuff like that. Uh, the end of this movie gets me. Only the end? It's yeah. Only the end. I mean, the other, there's, there's other parts of the movie that are very like, oh, you know, no, but not like gets me like to the point where I'm, I'm going to tear up, you know, the end of this movie gets me. You know, it's like it's it's just an amazing, heartfelt movie. 
I mean, I think all of them, the trilogy's all been heartfelt from the get go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, trilogy. Yes, there is. A uh, third one came out in 2019. Uh, I have yet to see that one, and I'm pretty sure I saw the second one, but I don't remember it. I started it before we started this podcast, but I didn't get that far. I, I even like the holiday, the, the little holiday one. Yes. The uh, Coming Home. Yes. It's a 22 minute short. Is it the Christmas special, was it called? I yeah, the Christmas one, yeah. No. Yeah. Have you seen the TV show? No. Yes, no. you should watch the TV show. <laughs> It's literally like watching the movie, but in series. It's so good. It's like the movie, but a TV show version of it? Yes, wow. and it keeps on going. It's like how many seasons, I don't know. I never would have expected that. I did. <laughs> are, are, are the voice actors the same in the TV show yes. and the movie? Really? Yes. Even T.J. Miller? Know. And Gerard I Butler? Don't, I believe so. And Craig Ferguson? I believe so. Wow. That's rare. I don't know Gerard Butler's in it though. Okay. He might be, but I he's his voice so great. I don't know. Maybe it's possible. I remember watching the uh, the Aladdin uh, TV series, and it, the, Aladdin wasn't the voice. Robin Williams was not the voice. Uh, Abu might have been the same voice. I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think Iago was the same, but <laughs> that's the only one they could afford to bring in. Yeah, because otherwise he's <laughs> on USA at nighttime, right? Or doing Aflac commercials. Uh, so th- this was very it was it was an emotional journey. Uh th- there were a lot more emotional parts for me than than Cowboy was letting on. Uh it wasn't a full on sob, but it was like a <gasps> bite your lip or put your fist up to your mouth kind of moments. Uh also like very- when you went to go kill Toothless. Uh when he was trying when he was trying to kill Toothless and he had that internal battle, he's like, I'm gonna kill you. And then and then Toothless kind of looks at him and just goes and closes his eyes and puts his head down and goes, hmm, I'm dying. It wasn't that so much as uh, the, the dad being such an asshole, Gerard Butler, just constantly, I, you, you, you're nothing. I always knew you were going to be nothing. And, and then once he started becoming a good person, like, nobody is as shocked as I am that my son is actually worth a damn. And, and the, the, when he, at one point he like really – gets into him in a serious moment. I was like, Oh fuck. It, it, it hurt to hear that, to hear a father say that to his son. Uh, maybe that's internalizing. If my, if my dad would ever say something like that to me, it would destroy me. Uh, he, he I like wouldn't, how, I, like how, I can't imagine. Uh, it. I like how something he said, uh, something that was said to hiccup many times came full circle at the end. For instance, he's like, you need to change. <laughs> He's like, you pointed to all of me, yes. you know, and then <laughs> at the end, dad goes, well, we just needed this. more of this. And he's yeah. like, you pointed to all of me. And he's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, that was See, great. Yeah. It's cute. It's good. It's good. The, the, the feels weren't all sad feels. There were also a lot of happy feels. And, and that was, oh, that was yeah. one of them. When, when the dad apologizes to him right before he goes off to possible doom, I'm proud of you. I'm like, oh. That's, I mean, I, it started before that when you know he went and saved Hiccup from drowning, yeah, and then went back down to get uh, Toothless, and then Toothless pulled him out of the water, and yeah, oh, yeah. so many feels, so many feels. But it, and you did feel I felt so bad for Hiccup because he's like 
especially that one scene where he's like, dad, for once, would you just listen to me? And his dad just like kind of backhanded him and knocked him back, you yeah. know, like shut up across the room. Cause he's so yeah. big and strong. It's huge. Yeah. Stoic the boss. <laughs> Who was that? Was he in Sparta? He was, this is Sparta guy. Leonidas. Leonidas. That's right. Hmm. To me, he'll always be the fan of the opera. That's how I'll, I'll always see him as. I'd, I'd, you'll always see him with a mask on. You'll never see him with just like six pack, 12 pack. Yeah. Weird beard. <laughs> he was interviewed later saying that he didn't. The thing he hates most about doing 300 is that he will never be in that shape again. So, <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of it was makeup. So, <laughs> Well, I watched a special. Um, on the 300 way back when it was, when it was first came out and these guys, a lot of the guys, they actually had to go through a vigorous training to get these 12 packs or eight packs or however many packs they had. Yeah. They went through some rigorous training to get those abs. I believe it. So let's talk about the characters. Okay. Uh, we'll start with Gerard Butler because we've already right. we're talking about him already. All right. The uh, the, the king of this semi Asgardian kingdom, chief, the chief, whatever. Uh, there's a lot of references to Odin and to uh, to Thor even at one point. So are, 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 are Thor's beard? Right. So Vikings are descendants from Asgard. Is is that kind of the mythos of it? No, not necessarily. If you're going back to the actual like mythos, Asgard is the land of the gods. Um, I think it's Middleheim or Jodenheim. I forget which, which Heim was it because it is it, based upon the tree, the, the, the tr- big tree and each individual branch has like a different world that it's been. One is land of the uh, frost giants. One's land of the dead. One's land of, uh, the, of earth. One's land of like the gods. And, um, we, in order to go to Valhalla, you have to die in battle, and the, with the, where the Valkyries will fight, where the Valkyries fight for you, with you, and so they take you to the halls where you're in, you can party for the rest of your life, pretty much. Okay. But the gods themselves are not of the same world. But the Vikings pray to these gods. Yes. Okay. Uh, so Gerard Butler, uh, the dad, uh, stoic, is just the pinnacle of vikingness uh manly in every way shape or form to the point where he looks at his son which is a disappointment because he's skinny and small which i think that's how kids are you're not born with these giant muscles and whatnot i mean even I mean, other kids in training but, but com- compared to the other kids he was smaller than the girl that was tougher than yes. him <laughs> yeah the one yeah. played by america right yeah america uh, astrid yeah uh, so, so the dad basically the entire movie is berating his son about how bad he is. Uh, the, the one thing about this character that was weird for me to stick out that his beard looked fake. I know it's animation and it's impossible for that to be a fake beard, but even the way they animated it to me looked like it was a fake beard. It didn't match the rest of his hair or something. Uh, maybe I'm looking too far into it. You probably. Are. I think it was. I think it was more the the size of his head versus his body. <laughs> that also. He had an abnormally an abnormally small head for that big of a body. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that his wife's 
breastplate helmet <laughs> fit on his head. Maybe that's why his head was so small to be able to fit. Well, either so, she had small boobs or <laughs> <laughs> what size cup were those? Helmets? You can find out in number three. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, now, uh, Gobber, the uh, yep. the dragon trainer guy, mm. Craig Ferguson. This is fantastic. Uh, <laughs> it, it's it's nice for me to see these movies and hear the voices of people that I know and can assign their personality, which basically matches the voice. So I, it, it adds more to the character for me. So for Gerard Butler being this badass, brrr, ah, and that and that character, the way he was, like it fits. Uh, Gobber, the same exact thing. Craig Ferguson's voice behind that kind of weirdly animated and in, in, um, in, in eccentric kind of weaponsmith guy was, was a perfect voice for the way that he was. Yeah. And apparently he lost his arm and his leg to dragons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, then, and then we have Jonah Hill's character. Why, why, why did like, he lose his arm and his leg to the dragons? Uh... One of them was because you tasted so good. He tasted so good. That's right. <laughs> Apparently, he tasted so good because not too long after that, they, they ate his leg. Yeah. That's right. I loved that. That was great. Yeah. He, he was great. I mean, as far as comic relief goes, every character was basically a like comic relief in this. Pretty much. Yeah, except for maybe Gerard Butler. Everybody else was kind of on the, on the verge of humor versus straight. Which is, yes. which is, well, I'm, I mean, I think Gerard Butler was in one point when he was introducing his son to go in the final to kill that dragon. He's like, nobody could be more surprised as I am. <laughs> you know, I think that was a little comic relief when he was doing that. That was that was kind of funny. But it was funny because he was being such an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So right. here's a little bit of information. I'm not sure if you got to know it in the trivia. Okay. A lot of the history and stories behind How to Train Your Dragon are actually put into the TV show oh. between the first and the second movie, I believe. And then they have another setup afterwards as well. I do not have that. It's honestly, if for any fan of the movies, definitely check out the series because not only do they deal with a ton of sto- of history and um, storyline plots, it's really comical just like the movies. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's move on to to Astrid. Then Astrid is the the, the main love interest of of Hiccup. Yes, she's just basically a badass. That's her entire thing. Mm-hmm. She's good at what she does. Yep. Which uh, is an accident. I, I I do like her comic relief where he she like hits him. That's for kidnapping me, and yeah. then gives him a quick kiss and. That's for everything else. Right. <laughs> it starts with a punch and then a jab with the butt of an axe. Uh, this is for uh, for lying and this is for everything else. And then it becomes a cute thing. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, Jonah Hill. Uh, Fish legs. Snout lout. No, Jonah Hill's not. No, Jonah Hill? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Jonah Hill is snout lout. Yeah. He's the guy that's kind of just bragging too much without having done anything yet. Trying to hit yeah. on Astro the entire movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stop now, stop now. Oi, oi, oi. Who is the big one? Uh, the, the, 
Fish Lakes. Oh, that guy is the ultimate D and D player. Yes. Oh, did you? you got <laughs> He's that. there calling out every dragon. Oh, five hit points. Blah blah blah. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, he knows everything. Right. Plus like, five this speed. Guy, <laughs> this guy plays. Uh, oh, I don't know. What's what's a what's yeah, Magic the Gathering. Yeah, <laughs> all, all the, the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that was it was a perfect addition because the, the team of these kind of misfits all together make a good team individually. Mm. Well, except for maybe the brother and sister. <laughs> oh no no no! They are good twins. <laughs> yeah, twins. rough and tough. Oh, those are those oh, are and, the best. Especially because they end up on the two headed dragon on each head. Yeah, that that are complete opposites. One breathes fire, one breathes gas, and it's like yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like they weakened the team though because the, the the constant fighting. I'm talking about this movie. I don't know about the TV series or part two no, or part no. three, but in this movie. They, they, they did great against the big guy distracting him because they were in front of him going back. And he's like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> like he did, they're, they're fighting amongst themselves. I don't know. And yeah. in the meantime, there's another one over here hitting him, you know, in the eye. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this movie leads me to believe the dragons understand English. Yes. How? <laughs> what? That, that's a weird well, thing to for us to understand. Well, the thing about it is, is you know how like pets learn how to speak or not speak, but how to understand. Right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, this is the same thing because these uh, dragons weren't trained overnight; they had time to train. Okay, but uh, okay, the, the main big bad dragon. The mm. uh, if, if what you're saying is true about the twins and the way they were distracting this dragon was to taunt him and just like hey you smell you got bad breath or whatever all these things that they were saying if mm-hmm. that's going to work the dragon has to understand what they're saying mm-hmm. and and the dragons that are not toothless they were trained in a matter of hours also understand the commands that are being said to them from my gathering is they don't have the vocal responses to understand but they have the capability to understand. Like, you know how, like, um, uh, I forget which, there was this one gorilla that was trained, like, with 400 sign language or something like that. They were able to communicate that way. Um, I believe the way the dragons are, they understand, but they can't communicate in the same way we do vocally. So they do other ways. I believe that was Amy? I don't remember. We, we did Gorillas in the Mist was on the spoilers back in the day. Where the- or as Flula says in Germany... Gorillas in the Fog. Right. <laughs> but back on spoilers, if you look in the archives, we did Gorillas in the Mist. And I think it was Amy that was a gorilla that was doing sign language and communicating and also mm-hmm. drinking martinis on a plane, which is fine. Uh, but, so, but that's a very long trained behavior. Yes. It, it also seems like Toothless understood Hiccup almost right away at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the point where, I mean, I guess Hiccup was training toothless for at least a couple of weeks. Ah, you, 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 you think he was training toothless, but <laughs> I think hiccup was learning and being trained more than the dragons were because he was learning how to understand the dragons yes. more than the dragons were understanding him. Yeah. And the thing is, is he had a connection with toothless you know, when he couldn't kill him. Yeah. Okay. But it begs to, 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 to differ the, uh, he, 
Toothless couldn't understand him or else Toothless would have known that he's in that predicament because of Hiccup in the first place. Right. That's true. But they, they, I think they both had a connection because neither one of them could kill each other. Right. But we're also led to believe that by nature, dragons don't want to kill humans. Yes. Only yes. when they have a weapon in their hand, kind of like the predator. Uh, if you see a weapon, now I'm going to kill you. No weapon. Well, eh, harmless. Well, it's kind of. Because uh, I don't think they go into immense detail about it, but they do. Because like, you remember how they find the alpha in this in this film, right? The big one? Yeah, the big one. It's called yeah. the alpha. Okay. Yeah. So basically they find them because they're being controlled by the little, like, whatever thing on the side of their faces or something like that, right? What? You, do you remember when he, when, uh, the toothless was with Astrid and they were flying and then all of a sudden, uh, he gets his little like weird sound going on and he goes into the place where the dragons are and he sees the alpha. Oh, I must've missed that, that detail. The reason why behind that is because the alpha can control all the other dragons. Interesting. You know what happened in that moment? I was making a note on my phone because Jeez. right, right before that must've happened, Astrid said something to the effect of, uh, what are you going to do tomorrow? You have to kill that dragon. And Toothless was like, what? So that, that's what made me think like, wait, Toothless understands English language. So as soon as Astrid said, you have to kill that other dragon, Toothless turned around like, what do you mean kill a dragon? And then I went to my phone to write down a note and that's probably where the thing went off on Toothless's mm-hmm. head. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're being controlled by this alpha. Yeah. So basically, the closer you, the dragon is to the alpha, the more uh, control the alpha has on the dragons. So the way it works is, um, at least in the film, for the first movie, I'm not going to give too much for the second one. Appreciate um, the, the dragons were, were, were forced to feed the alpha. Right. And the reason why they were raiding the, the pit and pillaging the Vikings was because they needed to feed the, feed the alpha. Even so though it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't personal against the Vikings. They weren't trying to kill the Vikings. They were just trying to get the sheep and the, mm-hmm, the, the other mm-hmm. stuff around there. But right. if the alpha could control the smaller dragons, why didn't he control them in the end? Why, how did the dragons go after uh, the alpha? Aha. Uh-huh, uh-huh. uh-huh. the re- question. There is a reason behind that, but it's only explained in the second film. Ah, <laughs> Okay. So uh, a cowboy was mentioning earlier that it wasn't that Hiccup was training Toothless. Toothless was training Hiccup. So we have a, a list of things that Hiccup learns based on interactions with Toothless that help mm-hmm. him succeed in the challenges against other dragons. Yes. Uh, first one is uh, fear of eels, apparently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, not sure where that comes from, but okay. There's a certain kind of grass, which is catnip, I guess. Mm-hmm. Two dragons. You can also scratch them in a certain place and they just knock right over and fall asleep. <laughs> or I don't know. It's Maybe it's a sort of dragon G-spot. Uh, and then there's also a, <laughs> uh, shiny lights that distract like the dragon. Yes. So as far as the dragon's personality goes, yeah. I saw it as a dog-cat hybrid. Where at some points it was a cat, some points it was a dog, uh, and it was just all around adorable. And I think that that was very smart on the 
uh, on the side of the the writers or the producers, whatever. If you're a dog this person, you're gonna love it. If you're a cat person, you're gonna love it. This is the perfect creature. It's relatable. Yes, they yeah they gave him a very pet like personality, not an animal beast personality. Right. It's, it's just it's just smart. It's very smart because it's going to appeal to everybody. Except nope. for Snotlass character in Dragon. Right. <laughs> what? Snotlass that? Dragon. That's the um, um, the fat one. No, that's that's fish legs. Oh, Snotlass with the fire dragon. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he's, the, the fire dragon was sort of like a Spitfire dog, mm-hmm. you know, like you know, like crazy, ah, you know, constantly, you know, in puppy mode, running around the house. Where the the fat one was sort of like a pug, or a, yeah. an English bull, an English bulldog. So I had this question in my notes, which I think Misha already answered, basically. Uh, but I still kind of would like some explanation. Uh, eventually, they they do capture Toothless, and the dad is like, "We're going to use this guy to get us to the big guy." Yeah. Uh, first of all, how does he know? about the big guy and how does he know to use toothless to get them to the big guy? They didn't know about the big guy. They, they were trying to get to the nest and they knew toothless can get them to the nest. But how? uh, Because toothless was the only one who, because hiccup said he's the only one who knows they are the only ones who know how to get there. You can't find it. And so that they had toothless they put toothless on there. They knew around abouts where it was. It was in the mist and stuff, but they didn't know exactly how to navigate through there to get there. Yeah. And if you notice in that scene, tooth, he was steering the ship the way toothless was turning its head. Because it was almost like a like a navigation, like sonar navigation thing. Toothless would turn his head to the left and Stoic would turn the ship to the left to go around there. And then he'd be like, Hoo! and then he would turn it right. I, it just seems like a little bit of a leap in logic for me that we have this dragon. He knows how to get there. Let's time down and just start sailing, and he'll point us there. It, it, how do you leap to that? What else? What else are you going to do? What? What? What is the other choice? Jump on his back and say, "Fly us there." <laughs> That's what I mean. There, there's there's no course of action based on we got a dragon. Now what? I don't know. We <laughs> he's going to get us there, but how? I don't know. Put him on the ship, sail around, well, that's, see what happens. That's that's why they were asking the chief. You know, the the one the the armory guy was asking him. So we're we're coming here. What's the plan? I'm sure you have a plan. You got a plan, right? There was really no plan. Let's get the dragon on there. Let's go now. We have this is our best shot. Let's go. And so I don't think it was. And you can tell by the way they blew open that mountain that. There was no real plan. They were just shooting by the hip, you know? Yeah. It I'm just like, happened to work. Yes. And, and that's my only real complaint is you just tie them down and just hope for the best. That's a, it's a, it's a weird plan. It's weird. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, I guess it worked out. Who cares? And apparently if you tie him down, he can't spit out his thing, right? Like, uh, I was thinking that too. Why not just spit right in front of you, destroy the ship, and if you destroy it enough, you'll be free. Okay. Apparently that collar was high tech, and oh. it dampened his abilities. <laughs> it was a, 
<laughs> it was a Bart collar of of sorts. Uh, well, it was dragons. like the, it, it was it was like the collar that uh, Deadpool had to wear, you know, <laughs> in the in in the prison. Suppress his powers, yeah. Yeah. All right. Which is why he got his El Cancer back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my only other, I guess, complaint or or something I noticed the the big guy. It seemed mm-hmm. like his wingspan shouldn't have and couldn't have supported the mass of his entire body. Correct. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. I was expecting a fight there. Good. Nope. No, that, that, that's just physically impossible. <laughs> and it, it did seem a little bit uh, Iron Man-y to mm-hmm. let's just fly as high as we can and see who bails first. Well, I think what he did was he weakened the wings before he did no. That way they tri- that's why they ripped. Uh, no, it was on the way down. Or once they got up to the clouds, I guess the strategy was get him up into the clouds where he can't see me anymore. So this uh, n- night terror, dark. Which one are you talking about? Toothless? Toothless. Yeah, the night terror. Night, night fury. Night, night fury. fury. That's it. Yeah. Night terror was a different one. Uh, yeah, the, I think it was the flaming terror. Or- yeah, I think that was the one that uh, Johnny Hill was writing. Yeah. Uh, so get up there so it's dark so that he can do what he does best is stay in the dark mm-hmm. and start weakening his wings at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because he was he was black, so it's almost like stealth. Yeah, you know, right. You could you yeah. see him in the dark. And not to mention, remember that bit where they were talking about with the the little like tiny ones, where they're fireproof on the outside but not on the inside. Yep, that was yeah. the final lesson that Hiccup learned from Toothless. Mm-hmm. When those little guys were coming up against the the uh, Dark Fury, Night Fury, Night Night Fury. Damn it. The Night Fury, yeah, that was another thing. First of all, the gall of these little dragons that come up against the the, the Night Fury and be like, I'm going to take your fish. Well, think of it this way. They're like seagulls. They don't care. <laughs> well, like that or like those little dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. They just, they're scavengers. Oh, you know? yes, in numbers. They're, 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 super dangerous. Yeah. They just go up to it. They kind of sneak in there and take off, you know? Yeah. They're very aware of where Toothless is, though, and what he's doing. Yeah, and that's also where I think uh, Hiccup learns that other dragons can also be tame because he yeah. feeds the one he feeds one of them mm-hmm. a fish, and he comes up like a like a like a dog. That one's more of a cat. Yeah, yeah. Curls up, and just lays down, starts purring. Right. <laughs> so, uh, shocker. Uh, Hiccup and Toothless take down the big dragon, and although it seems like Hiccup's going to die, he gets shielded by the wings of Toothless. Yep. I did like, I did like that. Uh, before you knew Hiccup was in the wings, the dad came up to Toothless and didn't get pissed off at Toothless. He's like, "This is all my fault. I'm sorry." Yeah, that was another one of those. Like he was <gasps> apo- he was apologizing to Toothless. He's like, "I did this. I caused this." You know. Yeah. And that was before he knew Hiccup was still alive in the wings of Toothless. He's you know he didn't come up and be like, "You killed my son, you jerk! Look what you did!" You know, it was like that. That's almost when I first watched the movie. That's what I was sort of expecting. You know. Okay. That makes sense. Like, that that would be true to his character for sure. But then it couldn't be a feel good movie if he didn't have a come to Jesus moment. Yeah. Is, is it just me or, or did you assume that Toothless was going to swallow Hiccup? 
Because when they were di- when they were diving to save him from the fire, I thought he was going to take him inside his mouth uh, to protect him, and then at the end, spit him up and be like, "Oh, right," <laughs> some sort of regurgitation move. Yeah. I, I guess it's more powerful if he opens his wings, but not as cute as. <laughs> <laughs> what I don't understand is they call him toothless, but he's got teeth. They just retract. Yeah, yeah. The, the first time he sees him, he has no teeth. And then they pop out. Actually, no. Actually, the first first time he sees him, he's got teeth. Right. And then he goes to feed him the fish. And he's like, but wait, whoa, you ain't got no teeth. And then he looks at him and goes, ah. So he understood him when he said, you have no teeth. He's like, nope, I got teeth. Right. Okay. So at one point, he, he was toothless, but not the entire time. He's only toothless when he doesn't need to eat or fight. Right. Okay. I think we're basically at the end here now. Yeah, I mean, we went through pretty much everything. I mean, it was there was a lot of like character development. People were, everyone was against fighting dragon against training dragons at first, but over the end, it became a completely different storyline. Yeah, and th- there was a, a cute scene at the end when when Hiccup actually does wake up from his entire thing, a and leg. he's he's lost a leg, and then as he's hobbling out. You see Toothless walking next to him, and the tail comes into focus where he's also missing part of his tail. It's kind of like a side-by-side. Hey, now they're the same. Yeah. <laughs> we always but had a connection, I, and that's why. I, I do like that scene, though, because when he wake up, woke up, he, he was like disoriented. He was like, Toothless? Yeah. <laughs> I'm in my room. Toothless, you're in my you're room. In my oh, room. my God. <laughs> yeah, no, we need to hide you. And then he, I love how Toothless started running around and jumping over everything like a cat or like a dog that's really excited to see his owner that's been gone for a long time. The 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 interaction there. Yeah. And then, you know, Hiccup opens the door and sees the dragon. He's like, whoa, Toothless, stay here. I need to figure out what's going on. <laughs> see, that was more of a dog move at that moment where hide and then – not know the dog, not knowing the size of its own body, just starts destroying everything. Because I've seen dogs that were small grow up to be big and don't realize that they're now big and how big their body is, and just as they walk around, are knocking everything over because they don't. And the tails wagging around, they jump at you and knock you over. It's like, oh, I didn't realize I'm twice as your size now. <laughs> Stupid dogs. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh. So I'm not sure if you guys know. Um, every single character in this movie, in this well, main ca- uh, main cast, mm-hmm. gets their own dragon. Uh, the twins have yes. to share one, though, right? Huh? The twins share, twins a dragon. share one. A two headed dragon. Yeah. Yeah, but they're all but basically they're like like a half mind anyways themselves. So. Yeah. Yeah. Their own personality of a head, at least, <laughs> of a dragon. <laughs> But like uh, Gobber, uh, Stoic, they all get their own. But true to what people say in real life, people or the dog takes on the character uh, or look like a lot of dogs look like their owners or a lot of owners mm-hmm. look like their dogs. Right. Mm-hmm. Or they have the personality <laughs> or the build, same build. Yeah. Just like in this this movie. Yeah. It's similar. It's, it's good. Very nice. So and then uh, the movie ends with the the same monologue that we get at the beginning with a very slight tweak and it was just a nice shock of uh, not shock but flood of feels also 
mm. where it was the ex- exact same opening with a very small tweak about instead of insects, it's dragons, and I don't know. That was it was a very nice, pleasant way to yeah hit you with one more punch in the mm-hmm. feels. Mm-hmm. Uh, Good times. Any other thoughts before we move on to the rest of the game? I like to watch. I like I would, to be new. this is one of the first films in a long time i actually got to watch for spoilers with my son (laughs) yeah okay makes sense yeah generally these are not for mass consumption Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) this was this was a good one and i I think it's it, it was nice to watch a good movie for a change we need those every now and then i mean outside of thanksgiving there's not a lot of good ones I mean, sometimes birthday picks, oftentimes not, especially if Maestro's choosing. Uh, but, yeah, that's about it. So, like I said at the top of the show, we have lots of opinions with zero credentials. So we're going to hear from people who actually have credentials, the critics. Also, from the audience. I'm going to give you two reviews from each to hopefully help you with the t- Rotten Tomatoes game we're going to play right after this. Let's start with the bad reviews from the top critics. Kyle Smith from New York Post from 2010. The one interesting aspect of the movie, apart from the design, is that it puts so much effort into projecting a moral such as it is. Doesn't seem that bad. Uh, Ella Taylor from Village Voice from also 2010. Honestly, it would take several more dimensions to craft something special out of this adequate but unremarkable animated tale. Just the bad reviews. Here's good reviews from the top critics. David Germain from, from the Associated Press. With How to Train Your Dragon, the filmmakers tone down the glib factor and tell a pretty good action yarn. A boy and his dragon story filled with fiery Viking battles, swordplay, and dazzling aerial imagery aboard the flying reptiles. Much better than Aragon. <laughs> Those aren't dragons. Uh, Tom Horgan from Minneapolis Star Tribune, 2013. What we have here is an exhilarating epic that mixes comedic and touching moments with some of the best action sequences ever created with CGI animation. All right, based on those reviews from the top critics, let's play the Rotten Tomatoes game. This is where I make you guys guess the score based on this Rotten Tomatoes scoring system. If you're not familiar with that, it's an average score from 0 to 100 amongst the critics and the audience. 0 to 59 is rotten, 60 to 84 is fresh, 85 and up is certified fresh. So, based on those top critics' reviews, what do you think the tomato meter is? I'll go first this time, Daniel, uh, Cowboy. Whatever. That way uh, you have something to work off. I'm going for 80. 80, okay. Mm. 81. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, the funny thing is, is he said 80, and I was I was hovering around 80 anyway. Uh, but uh, I I think it's I, I think it's certified fresh. Um, I'm gonna say 85. All right, this is Certified Fresh. And based on how much we all love this movie, I'm surprised you guys went that low. The Tomato Meter does have this Certified Fresh at 99%. This may be the highest movie we've done on the, on the, on the podcast so far. 
Almost 100. Tomato meter. I, I think it's weird that it's 99%, but you actually found bad reviews. Like, are, are the reviews bad, but they still gave it a good score? Uh, out of all the Top Critics reviews, there were three pages worth of reviews. I, the two reviews I read that were bad were the only two bad reviews out of all of them. I apologize wow. I said that beforehand, but I didn't want to. <laughs> now, the audience reviews. These guys got into much more detail, uh, which I found more interesting. So let's start with the good reviews first. From 2020, this is from Ivan C. A movie with a lot of heart without being a cheesy movie. It's just amazing. I love everything. Some people say the characters are cliche, but it doesn't matter because they are a good cliche. And everything is more than perfect. The music, the story. I really recommend this movie, and I hope you enjoy it as I did. From 2012, this is from Third Pong C. This is an animated movie at its best. It shows you that in order to make the audience moving, touching, and feeling, the movie needs to develop the characters whom audience can relate and care about. The relationships between Toothless and Hiccup is adorable so that you can't help falling in love with them. They simply complete each other, not only ideally, but also symbolically. While the story may, may be somehow predictable, but the quality of the script and the screenplay are there to be in awe. It's intelligent, witty, and insightful. The ending was nailed to its perfection. It doesn't matter if you're kids or not. The movie was made for every human with a heart to enjoy and appreciate. Good reviews. All right, so here's the bad reviews. Uh, I'm going to read you one. Uh, just because to me it was humorous and I don't think it's a real review. And <laughs> it was just fun to read. And this was actually from two days ago as a recording of this podcast. Why does this movie exist? The ponies look way too much like dragons. And why are they humans riding them again? Seems too sexual if you ask me. My child has a lot of questions after she watched the movie and you're expecting me to answer them? Some of these <laughs> even I don't know and had to search on the wiki of all places just to let them say uh, don't hold back on the photos. The only good part was at the end when the credits rolled so I could finally turn off my TV and get some therapy for my naked eyeballs exposed to the absolute profanity. I hope you're ashamed of yourselves for costing me thousands and leaving my family in pieces. <laughs> Something tells me that's a completely fake joke. There's no there. way that's a real review. It was just funny to me. <laughs> so I had to give it to you guys. So <laughs> That was fun. All right. Uh, Daniel W. Here's a real review. From 2020, completely killed any chances of getting a book-based film. Was a shame as it was my favorite series, but the trilogy has ruined that for me as the films were entirely different. I feel I could have enjoyed it had the film been a separate set of characters from the book instead of chopping and changing parts into awful amalgamations of original borderline and just downright unfaithfulness to its roots. That makes sense. I mean, like the entire book and the character, the names are the same, but the story is completely different. Okay. Hiccup and Toothless. Toothless is not even a, a Night Fury, really. Uh, he's like the size of a dog in the books. Okay. This is from Isabel M. from 2012. I get this is a children's movie, but why do the older Vikings have Scottish accents while their offspring chat as though they've just left the mall? 
with American accents and rampant cliches. The main character wants a girlfriend and is sad that he'll probably never get to go on a date. Wait, what? For that matter, why do any of the Vikings have a Scottish accent? And did any female Vikings ever leave their homes and hearths or whatever? Also, how come the dragon knew so many human gestures when he barely spent any time around the main character or any of the human? He is gesturing with his head at the fish, indicating that the boy must eat it and mimicking the act of swallowing. Really, watching this, you'd think there was nothing but the language barrier between humans and reptile creatures. This movie just silly. Way too childish. If you're over the age of 10, go watch Shrek again instead. He it. Wow. That guy, that guy has- he, he he sounds like he had a horrible childhood. <laughs> right. All right. So, based on those good and bad reviews, what do you think the audience rating is? I will give you insight again, uh, or not like I did the first time. I had to search for these bad reviews. All right. Um, audience rating. 99. Ooh, 95. The audience does have this as certified fresh at 91%. So not as in love as the critics, but still good. Uh, Probably because of those people that like, like to hurt your soul every time they talk. Wow. I kind of want to skip this segment, but let's try it anyway. Paul Giamatti and Gary Oldman were not in this. We like to put them in films that are bad to make them better. By taking somebody out and putting them in. So, who drew a place and why, if anybody? Skip. Skip. Bucket. All right, yeah. I think this is great. You can't take anybody bucket. out. No, Bucket. Yeah. Bucket? Was he in the movie? No, he was in the TV show. My bad. Skip. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do trivia. This is the part where I give you guys little bits of factual information you may know about the movie. The hesitation Toothless shows during the famous touch scene was actually an animation error. However, it looks so perfect that the animators chose to leave it in the film. All right, this is what Mesha was talking about earlier. In the book of How to Train Your Dragon, Hiccup does not have a love interest. Furthermore, Toothless, the dragon in the book, is about the size of a terrible terror breed. And he is also green and red, not black. Toothless... Also got his name because when Hiccup first found him, he had no teeth. He grew one tooth, only to lose it shortly later. The producers decided, with the approval of the author, that it would be more cinematic to make Toothless large enough to be written by, to be written as a flying mount. As such, Toothless was completely redesigned as a Night Fury, a highly intelligent breed of dragon evolved for speed and stealth. His personal name in the film derives from Hiccup's Observations about how his teeth are normally retracted into his jaw. All right. Uh, the Night Fury, like a snake. Yeah. The Night Fury dragon species was originally going to be more wolf-like. Instead, DreamWorks employs computer screensaver of a black leopard inspired the film's creators to make Toothless more feline in appearance. The appearance and personality of Toothless was inspired by cats, dogs, and horses. The face also bears some resemblance to the giant salamander, the largest amphibian in the world. The shape of his face is also reported to have been based on the face of Stitch from Lilo and Stitch, also directed by Chris Sanders 
and Dean Dubois. They do have similar noses. Mm. Sanders and uh, Dubois. This weird name. He's whatever. Uh, they used to work for Walt Disney Pictures and were members until 2007 when they joined DreamWorks Animation to start working on Kung Fu Panda. These guys do a lot of animated movies. All right. Due to popularity from the film's release, many animal shelters reported that many black cats were adopted and named Toothless. Well done as far as uh, cat adoption. Uh, lastly, the scene where Toothless learns to smile was inspired by the animator's infant son learning how to smile. <laughs> That's cute. Money makes the world go round. Let's put this film in perspective. Other films are released this year so we get a feel financially held up to its peers. The budget for this film, $165 million. What do you think this grossed in the U.S. and the foreign box office combined? Ooh, this is going to be a tough one. I, I think this movie did very, very well. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, How well? And it was $160 million, you said? $165. $165 million to make it? Um. I want to say, geez, um, 165. I'm going to say 550. I was going to go for 700. Oh, 700. Okay. In the U.S., this grossed 217.6 million. In the foreign box office, 277.3 million, bringing the total worldwide gross to $494.9 million. Hot dang. Cowboy with the win. Yeah. Wow. This film debuted on March 18, 2010 with $43.7 million. This was the 10th highest grossing film of uh, 2010. Number one that year was another animated movie where people rode things. And the way they controlled them was by interlocking their hair with their tails. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> Avatar. Avatar. Yes. The blue people? The blue people. <laughs> blue people. The blue man group. Yes. <laughs> the blue man planet. All right. Oops. You may have noticed a time or two that one of us, mostly me, made some kind of error during the podcast. So to make myself feel better, I'm going to tell you a few times that the movie also made some kind of errors. Poe, but he's nerfic. Uh, when Toothless... Pins Hiccup to the rock after being set free. We see trees in the reflection of his eyes. Toothless was looking straight down at Hiccup, where no trees could possibly be seen. During the dragon training scene with Zippleback, Toughnut is dragged into the gas cloud by the dragon and loses his hat, leaving it in plain view. When he runs out of the cloud, wearing a hat. When Astrid follows Hiccup into the valley, she has an axe. When Toothless attacks, Hiccup has the axe and tosses it away. In the next scene, there's no axe anywhere. Can't even see it. Disappears. And finally, Toothless is stated to weigh 1,776 pounds. After jumping onto the crowd of people gathered around Hiccup at the end of the movie, he lands on Spitelout's shoulder. Spitelout, by the way, very small role, has very few speaking lines, is voiced by David Tennant. That is the 10th Doctor in Doctor Who. That makes more sense. Sand shoes. 
anyway, despite Toothless' massive weight, Spitelout manages to stay standing and is only thrown somewhat off balance. Likewise, when Toothless is on the arena with, the, with, the, with Stoic, Stoic most likely would have been crushed from Toothless being on top of him, yet is perfectly fine and doesn't show any sign of injury. Because he's stoic, the boss. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how vast you are. 2,000 pounds on top of you. That's got to be crushing. Unless, of course, he's like 2,000 pounds himself. Or wearing some sort of armor made from his wife's bra. Uh, <laughs> or breastplate. I'm sorry. Breastplate. Anyway, that was How to Train Your Dragon from 2010, directed by Don DeBlos and Chris Sanders. I will learn how to pronounce that name for future references, but for now I don't. Sorry. Uh, check out our website. Oops, that's part of the oops segment. Uh, check out our <laughs> website, ratbackpodcast.com slash spoilers. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at Spoiler Show. Check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Rat Pack Productions. Write to us via email, spoilers, at ratpack.productions for any questions, opinions, or movie requests. Also, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. If you do, leave a review and a recommendation. That review, that recommendation goes to the top of our list. And watch it for any other request. Next week, there's a movie coming out called The Courier, starring Benedict Cumberbatch. Before you get too excited, I tried to find a movie with Cumberbatch in it, and they're all amazing, so I couldn't, I couldn't choose one. So I moved down the list on people on The Courier, and I found Rachel Brosnahan, which I know from The Blacklist which is a decent show. So we're going to watch a movie that she was in from 2016. Put, what does that finger mean? Oh, I see what that finger means. I got Misha very excited about Cumberbatch and I disappointed him. <laughs> so from 2016, we're going to watch a movie, which apparently is a drama mystery thriller. It's called Burn Country. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Until next time, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for watching, everybody. I am Adam. We'll see you next time. I'm Cowboy. Don't forget to get yourself vaccinated or spayed and neutered. Yes. Spayed and neutered? Wow. That's a... Uh, I, 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 I am a lost for words. That's Maestro. Bye. What? 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 <laughs>